This, this, this is, 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 Disciples. Welcome to podcast number 325. We are the Fight Disciples and this one is dedicated to the world of boxing and it's being brought to you from Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Thought you had a little bit of a frog in your throat there, son. Uh, we can only apologise for the delay in the release of uh, this podcast. Normally you get them on a Monday or a Tuesday, but because we have been in the sky trying to see our family for a short period of time, some members of certain families getting ill, trying to get all that sorted, then getting back in the sky and getting ourselves out to Vegas, uh, we can only apologise. I know you've been disappointed. I know you've been clambering for something this week. Well, we've got it. We finally got it to you because we've landed in Las Vegas uh, and we've got together to uh, have a little bit of a chinwag about everything that's going on in the world of boxing. Uh, Just for those that have never come across us before, you can get everything uh, that is Fight Disciples related on iTunes. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. And if you go to fightdisciples.com, you can get all your Android feeds. All over social media as well, at Fight Disciples on Facebook and Twitter, and it's at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. As I said moments ago, we have touched uh, down in Vegas, and I tell you something, we have landed on our feet. Now, it's not for me. Well, it is for me to boast. It is. But I just need to just give you a little bit of a picture as to where this program is coming to you from. We are staying at the MGM, right? Uh, everybody knows that the fight at the weekend for Tyson Fury and Otto Wallen in the heavyweight division on Independence Weekend for the lovely Mexican people uh, is is taking place at the T-Mobile Arena, which is connected to the MGM. If you've ever been to uh, Las Vegas, you'll know all about this. Now, me and Nick have booked ourselves in to the MGM. However, the the travel agent that we use has booked us into a different part of the MGM, but charged us the same amount of money. We have landed right on our feet. We are now in a signature suite. We've got one each. This is, I feel like Kevin from Home Alone. Do you know when, do you know when he went on <laughs> a rampage? Scream. Do you know when he went, white movies mate, on? this is it. This is, do you know when he went on a rampage in New York and like waxed <laughs> his dad's credit card? This is what I feel like. I feel like we've robbed this. At some point, someone's going to knock on the door. We've only been in it 10 minutes. Someone's going to knock on the door and say, hey, Hang on, we made a mistake here. Out. You two dickheads shouldn't you be. You two northern monkeys. You two shouldn't no be chance. one of these. Come on, lads, on your way back over to the Pez Park. Get back over to the MGM. <laughs> what are you doing, you two, knocking about in here? <laughs> we'll take a video of it and we'll stick it up on social media later on so you can have a little bit of a laugh. But it's a touch here. How big's your bath? You're going to have a touch in there, aren't you, son? We all them bubble baths. Mate, there's a, it's, it's, a, it's a jet bath, isn't it? Mm. Jet bath thing. You in the shower. You know, you get about six people in that shower. Oh, Jacuzzi. Yeah, rugby team in my shower. Proper job, that lad. Um, we will be releasing a mixed martial arts podcast uh, dedicated to the world of UFC, and particularly UFC 242, because we were in Abu Dhabi last week. And that's why all this delay has come with the release of podcasts this week. So there'll be something special on there, talking Habib and Dustin Poirier and all that type of stuff. And thank you very much for all your very kind words regarding the coverage that me and Nick were involved with for, uh, for BT Sport. But this week... Are we going to record that race after the show? We'll try our best. Are you, will you be awake with jet lag? Well, we'll listen. You've had enough of getting on it on this bloody show. To be fair, the reviews have gone through the roof with you getting on it, so that might actually be a touch if you do that whilst you're out here in Vegas. Having said that, though, we have told our wives that it is a working week. Yes, there won't be too much getting on it. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, 
you, uh, do you know we maybe should put uh, a Pete Pissed podcast behind a paywall somewhere. I reckon there'll be a few subscribers that are tuned into that. Once a month, just give them a little bit of taste of Nick Pete getting leathered <laughs> and talking about boxing. <laughs> talking shite. <laughs> I can't believe listening back to it. In fact, I don't even want to talk about it. I'm embarrassed by Why? it. Why? And didn't make any sense in it whatsoever. Career-defining performance, that, mate, let me Absolutely tell you. Absolutely shocking performance. Look at you. You're in Las Vegas this week, aren't you? What are you moaning about? People loving it. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Can't get that's enough true. of it. Um, we're here, obviously, for Tyson Fury versus Otto Wallen. Isn't and everyone? Isn't everybody in Las Vegas this weekend here for Tyson Fury? Well, There's no other reason to be in Las Vegas. Well, I had a conversation. Well, Celine Dion or whoever else is on. Aero Smith is here on at the MGM. No one's here for anybody except the Gypsy King. Well, hang on. I w- I w- I El Gypso King. I though, had a conversation with a lad, right, who had booked his flights and accommodation thinking full well that Canelo were rocking up this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and that all fell through. Um, and he said, go on then, I'll, I'll pay a bit of attention to what Tyson Fury is all about. Now listen, the fight itself, it's not going to give you an odd on. Nobody's going to get excited about Tyson Fury versus Otto Wildland. Even though Otto Wildland is all right, he's okay, right? He's not amazing, he's okay. He's a touch-up, in my opinion, from Tom Schwartz. So it might last three rounds, this one, rather than two. But I fully expect Tyson Fury to dominate all fight week, as we're already experiencing. We've just been witnessing the uh, the press conference that's taken place out here at, in Las Vegas. We're anticipating him to dominate that. We're anticipating him to dominate the weigh-in, give us a little bit of a, a crazy ring walk, which involves a sombrero and a mariachi band or something like that. Yes, please. Then obviously get the, get the tacos in, get the fajitas in for the guys and oh, buy yeah. a load of tequila. That's basically what we're expecting this weekend. But in the meantime, do a bit of boxing and put a show on and stop this kid, get him out of there. And set tongs wagon again because he did tongs. that. What? Set tongs wagon. Set tongs wagon. That's what you want. You want people talking about his performance. It's a massive weekend over here in America, with it being uh, Mexican Independence Weekend. Loads of Mexicans descending on Las Vegas. Loads of eyes on sports television as well. He's got a big opportunity to gain a massive fan base this weekend ahead of obviously setting himself up, hopefully for uh, Deontay Wilder fight. Because I think this is the last one that we forgive him on, isn't it? When it comes to a non-name. Well, he's had two dances now. No, let's be straight. Let's not talk bullshit here. Yeah. He's had two dances, and we kind of said when he signed up with Top Rank and when he came to ESPN, we'll, we'll allow him those two. I thought one would be West Coast, one would be East Coast, but he did so well at the West Coast uh, in Las Vegas last time. He's made for Las Vegas, so I'm not surprised he's back here. This is his last, what I would class as tune up. The next one, if it ain't Wilder, it's got to be a proper big name. It's got to be something that gets us wild. Uh, for me, it's got to be Wilder. But if, if you yeah. can't make that for logistic reasons because he's messing about with your tees, then it's got to be something good. It has got to be something good. And you know what? Like, we talked about it last I I've got no complaints whatsoever about Tyson taking on Blotto this weekend. It makes zero difference to me because just like... Blotto. Blotto just like Tony Schwartz it. before him. <laughs> so Blotto will go the same way Tony Schwartz went. It won't go four rounds. Tom, That's not the Tom if you're listening, I know that you called Tom Schwartz. He's just being facetious. All right, mate? Tony Schwartz and Blotto are going the same way. And I don't expect Blotto to last more than four rounds here on Saturday nights, but that doesn't make a difference. That that means does not mean a jot to me. Because all this Tyson Fury, oh, you know, you need to fight the best guys. That's not Tyson Fury's journey. Like He, did, he had those two fights. After he come back after the Klitschko and the depression, the years out and ballooning up to 400 pounds and all that stuff, he come back and he had two touches and went straight in with Deontay Wilder. Now he's having two touches and he'll go straight in with Deontay Wilder again. Tyson Fury's not the type of fighter that needs to be fighting guys at the very top level to stay on top of his game, to stay motivated to do all that. Tyson Fury's a fighting man. He knows this game well enough. He knows 
how boxing works well enough to be able to go, you know what? I'm on the same page, book as, as Bob Adam. A couple of touches in Las Vegas. Let me enjoy myself singing, dancing. Don't put any miles on the clock with these type of guys. Meanwhile, Softshite Deontay Wilder's lined up fights with fucking Ortiz and people like that who, who, who rocked him to his boots last time. Putting miles on the clock. Anthony Joshua's going back in with Ruiz again out in the desert. Putting miles on the clock. Tyson Fury's keeping fresh. I think it's a masterstroke. You can't balloon up to 400 pounds crash it all off and come back and just compete at the top level, fight two or three times a year against the best guys available. It's just not how it works. It's not how Tyson Fury operates. And it's not how an intelligent businessman goes about fight sports. Tyson Fury gets this game better than any heavyweight out there. And the people around him, like Sir Bob Adam and Frank Warren, have got more experience than anybody else out there. It's a perfect recipe. And yet, from a fan's perspective, of course... I want to see him fight Deontay Wilder. I want to f- see him fight the Ruiz Joshua mm-hmm. winner. I want to see him down the line take on Alexander Usyk. But right here, right now in Las Vegas, that's not the job. The job here right now is to continue to make this American, North American audience absolutely fall in love with him. And he gets a new type of audience this weekend because it's not just Americans who bought into the Apollo Creed ring walk for Tony Schwartz and bought into all the TV appearances. It's different. It's the Mexican-American community that are going to fall in love with Tyson Fury this weekend. They love a fight. They love a scrap. But more than anything, they love... They, they understand boxing, I'd argue, potentially better than a lot of Mexican uh, Americans. And they will see what Tyson Fury at six foot eight at a 250-pound man who can move like a middleweight. has got fast hands, fast feet, entertains the crowd, rocks the microphone. He's a superstar. He's made for Las Vegas. And I'm, I literally can't remember the last time I was this excited to be in Vegas for a fight. It's not like last week in Abu Dhabi. Last week in Abu Dhabi, I was like, fuck me, this is a fight. It's a 60-40 fight, but it's a fight. And the rest of the bill, because UFC is awesome, 50-50s everywhere. It's different. We've come out here, and I feel like there's no pressure on Tyson. The only There's no pressure on anybody here. It's We're here to just enjoy Tyson Fury at his very best. Let's go back to what I was just saying then about fucking Celine Dion or Aerosmith. It's like going across the road to MGM, because we're in the fancy MGM. Tonight, tickets, front row centre for Aerosmith. And you go, there's no nerves. You don't go there and think, oh shit, is Steve Tyler going to turn up? Oh shit, what if his voice goes? What if he forgets fucking, or the, you know, the, the lyrics to fucking, you know, his, his best songs and all that? It's not like that. You know what you're going to get. You're going to get pure entertainment from fucking Steve Tyler rocking it out with his scarves on his microphone, giving it the big lips. But how long can you do that for? Tyson's the same Saturday night. We know what we're going to get. We're going to get a show. But the whole point yeah, is... You can't keep selling the same trick. Once you've seen the show, once you've seen Aerosmith perform fucking Loving an Elevator... Yes. You know what I mean? Of course. Then you've seen it. Now, you're speaking You've got to give me some new tunes, man. I agree, but you're speaking from a Tyson Fury who's based his entire career pretty much in the UK. 29 fights. I mean, he's had overseas two, three... The US audience doesn't know Tyson Fury is fully yet. He is still enamoring them. This is as big as his first album over. He's trying to conquer America, just like musicians do. He is conquering America right now. We're here to play a part in that. And we're here to go to the Americans. Hey, how fucking good is our guy? Our guy's amazing. And yeah, but yes, the, yeah, op- the opposition yeah. isn't there. Right then. That's not the point. That's not how you get... That's not how the, the American audience works. So how many is he allowed then in your eyes? Because for me, this Two. is it. 
Yeah. Two and a big one. Two and a big one. This is the pattern that his career is going. I think he'll have a big one next against Deontay Wilder. And if he doesn't go straight back in against Wilder, if he does the number on Wilder, I think we could even see him have another another little coasty fight. Another two. And then maybe AJ. Let that thing sort itself out. It's all about, listen, we know what this sport's all about. It's all about money. It's, it's a business, man. Money it, baffles, it baffles me the amount of people that message us on a day-by-day basis that don't get that this is a business. It's 100% business. It's, it's money. It's show business at the end of the day. It's show business. And you only have to look at how sensational first fight was with Deontay Wilder. Why did the Deontay Wilder fight happen then? Because Tyson Fury was the guy who had been in... Wilder in, thought in he was complete, a soft touch. No, he was in the wilderness. Wilder he, he thought was he was a soft touch, mate. Pounds, well, two, 18 months before, he cut all that weight off. He needed to get right back in the picture. AJ's not stupid enough to jump in with Tyson Fury. He knows what he's all about. Wilder, who, who's never turned the fight down in his life, let's be honest. potentially. Maybe, I think Wilder thought he was a soft touch. He does. He goes, I'll take him now while he's had these two, these two bums. And I'll he's take cut all that weight. I'll do him, yeah. I'll, I'll do him now. I'm, I'm, at the time, we were like, what the fuck is Tyson doing? Jumping straight back in with Deontay after that. And he wiped everybody's eyes, including all his British fans. Even the most loyal Tyson Fury fan must have thought, my God, how did he do that against the... How did he get up in that 12th round? How, how does that man do it? He does it because he's a fighting man. And so I've got no issue whatsoever with Blotto getting the call this weekend. Yet, you know, Deontay, undoubtedly... Perfect. If he's next, it's got to be next. But listen, this is all part yeah. of building up to the show. So this is not page. live aid. No, this is a, a, a show at MGM. I'm getting all my music. Fucking listen, you were on the same page, right? I said the Tom Schwartz. That's a nice little Apollo Creed tune-up. Quality. Yeah. Mexican Independence Weekend. He comes out with his sombrero. Right. You've showed us the tricks now. Now we're ready for a proper bang. Let's yes. have it. Let's have it with Deontay Wilder. Wilder, we agree, has to be the next one. Wilder Fury won. Did. Terrible pay-per-view numbers. What yeah. Did they do about 400,000 buys? Less than 300,000. That is... Uh, 330,000 it was. For the in the, U- in was, the US. For the US. For the heavyweight championship of the world, WBC. That's shocking numbers. Mm. Just shows how bad Wilder actually is as a draw because he was the long-standing champion. I guarantee it will do at least three times that when that Tyson Fury's finished this time around. Mm. And then you'll go, okay, Tony Schwartz and Blotto were definitely worth it. What else are you looking forward to uh, this weekend? Uh, Emmanuel Navarrete's on there. I think uh, Pedraza's knocking about on this undercard as well. There's a couple of yeah. kids doing bits on the undercard that uh, that would grab our attention on a week-by-week basis. But let's be honest, we're all going to get swept away and carried away with the Gypsy King, aren't we? Because he's turned up referring to himself as El Rey, which for those that don't know is the king in uh, Spanish, which is obviously the native language of Mexico. It's crazy how he manages to just take over this city whenever he's in town. If you've not been here on a Tyson Fury fight week, and obviously there's only been one previous, so it's quite difficult to do so. It is mad. Yeah. It is mad how he just manages to just sweep through the whole city and take over it. He's on every television screen talking about all different aspects of his life. You see him on the, I think the billboard this week is on the Aria, just on the outside, even though he's not fighting at the Aria. It's a little bit further down down the strip there. You can't miss him. No. I'm excited to get out. I'm excited to get out and see the tables. Obviously, all the poker tables will have Tyson Fury, uh, Wallen, uh, felt on them all and everything. Now, all the chips. I love fight week in Vegas because it's literally everywhere. You can't turn for it. Uh, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to do a couple of Ricky Hatton fights over here. Um, I've been Mayweather fights, and there's nothing quite like Vegas on fight week. I know last week was, was kind of cool out in Abu Dhabi because there was so much going on around the UFC. But big fight week in Las Vegas, especially over at the the, the T-Mobile, and that's that's gonna be interesting Saturday night. 
quite surprised it's at the T-Mobile. That's the biggest venue in Vegas. Um, I can't see it being a sellout no. for the standard of opponent that it is. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what the atmosphere is like in the in the ring on Saturday night. But the next couple of days are going to be absolutely terrific for sure. And I say the day is coming over with Ricky Hatton when the plane would be absolutely bouncing. Um, we're absolutely unreal. Now, I don't know whether Tyson's at anywhere near that level yet, but I'm like, I'm excited to find out. It was cool on the flight on the way over that James DeGale was on the flight, wasn't he, with his yeah, boys? Yeah, he was. They, uh, I think they're doing a stag doing. He's, he's actually on, on a staggy, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, But uh, obviously DeGale's excited about it. The mate who was stag was actually dressed as a leprechaun, wasn't he? No doubt in there. <laughs> a bit of a tribute there. But uh, yeah, man, I'm excited to get round. I'm excited. I know Top Rank are doing a big press conference on Friday before the weigh-ins to announce their fall winter schedule. So I'm expecting a couple of top ranks, big names to be in town um, as part of that. So, Wait, With yeah. that in mind, the rumour to be signing Jarrell Miller. Shaking your head. This is a podcast, mate. You've got to speak. You can't just shake your head. You know how I feel about Jarrell Miller? You know, I, drugs and boxing and, and, and combat sports full stops fucking absolutely pisses me off. And I know we're having a conversation. We're here now for Tyson Fury, a guy that has failed a test, even though it didn't play out satisfactorily because UKAD in all their fucking dumbness had to drop the case because of financial restraints reportedly and the Furies didn't want to contest it because they didn't want to get tied up in litigation for you know a couple of years so unfortunately we'll never get to the bottom of that but listen it's down on his record that he failed the test but I'm, I'm definitely a you know a one two three strike, and you should be completely out of the sport. The likes of Pavekin shouldn't be in the sport anymore. Listen, and fucking Jarrell Miller Jarell, shouldn't be in the sport yeah. anymore. It's a different, you know, taking a substance that could potentially have been in an energy drink or or, a, or an inhaler or something like that. That's one thing, you know, and potentially taking something to recover from an injury, but having regrets about it and realizing the holding your hands up and, and making a mistake again. You know, everybody deserves a second chance in this world. But when you're a piece of shit like Jarrell Miller that takes four or five different drugs, including EPO, which is injected into the bloodstream, that you can't you can't digest that. There is no excuse for that. People like that shouldn't even be in this sport. Mm. So I'm disappointed that top rank are being associated with him. And, and you know what? If he's here on Friday, I'll fucking let him know it as well. There you go. Make sure you're tuning on in. Big Baby's next opponent is Nick Pete. <laughs> um, whilst we're talking heavyweights, let's talk Derek Chisora because he seems to have stolen the whole week for me this week. Press conference was happening in London on Monday and it's all obviously to do with this October 26th card where uh, our, one of our favourite boys, Josh Taylor, is taking on Regis Progress in one of the vites of the year, most certainly one of the most competitive, highly sought-after world title fights that's happening on British soil. No question about that Absolutely. this year. Uh, and then you've got Chisora Parker, which is a cracking fight in itself. Have we though? On yeah, I don't know. But have we got Chisora I think, Parker? Yeah, I think we'll have it. Chisora Parker on that uh, on that undercard. Uh, and do you know something? I kind of said this in a, a social media post uh, before we set off to Vegas. For Derek Chisora to refer to Progress versus Taylor as a fight that nobody gives a shit about is ridiculous. Because let's be honest, if you're into boxing. I'm, I'm talking to you now, listening to this. Yeah. You are buzzing for that fight. You are absolutely pumped up because you know what Regis Progress is. You know what Josh Taylor is as fighters. And you know what that fight's going to be. It is going to be unbelievable. Can't wait for it. However, there is method in his madness with a lot of the things that he says. 
because from a boxing point of view, he is wrong. Yeah. From a business point of view, he's actually quite right. Spot because on. if you look at Regis Pagres' first fight in the World Boxing Super Series, they didn't even clear 3,000 tickets in the arena against Terry Flanagan, a former world champion. Yeah. They didn't come out in his hometown. Doesn't they, sell. They didn't even come out for him. No. Now, don't get me wrong, Josh Taylor's selling. He's doing extremely well in Glasgow. But he hasn't been on the big and drawn big pay-per-view numbers at this moment in no. time. Now, again, people got my comment twisted a little bit where we're going, well, hang on a minute, has Derek drawn big numbers? No, he hasn't. When you're comparing it to Anthony Joshua and people like that, no, he hasn't. And he survived, I suppose, by having decent dance partners like Dillian White over a period of time. And Josie Parker this time around is a decent dance partner. But what I will say is, even though he's not pulling the mega numbers, he's pulling more numbers than a Josh Taylor and a Regis Progress fight. So yeah. for him to come out and say, well, hang on a minute, if you're using my name and filling that arena with with my name yeah. and you're selling the pay-per-view on, on my name, so let's be honest, the majority of casual fans, they'll look at it and go, oh, Derek Chisora's fighting. He's always a bit of fun, isn't he? Absolutely. I'll tune in for that. Then Derek Chisora deserves recompensing for that. If you're, if you're selling an event, even though he's not in the best fight on the event, if you're selling an event on his name, you've got to wear the guy in. It's just wicked the way Derek oh, saves, mate. saves the meeting for the actual press conference. Mate. So be, yeah, to, yeah, I'll so take the refl- fight. And the, then when he gets on it, he's like, well, fuck these guys. I'm the main event. No, I should get them all on the, the saying of the year is, you're fucking me with no Vaseline. And I'm like, <laughs> mic drop, just get out of the room. You, you've just you've just won the year. <laughs> and then he posts that picture of him bending over with yeah. a pot of Vaseline in his hands as well. So don't get it twisted with, the, with our comments and our thought process. I on get it. it, man. Listen, for, you're right. From a boxing perspective... Pagrace versus Taylor is one of the fights of the year. It's the World Boxing Super Series final. It's absolutely fucking on fire, and I can't wait for it. And if I was at that event or watching that event from home and someone said you can only watch one fight, 1 million percent, uncategorically, that is the fight I want to watch. I'm not interested in seeing Derek Chisora. However, walk around London, walk around the O2 Arena, communicate with people that go to the boxing and go to the O2 regularly that you know the large majority of whom live in London ask them who Regis Progress is no. ask them who Josh Taylor is no fucking clue won't have a clue ask them who Derek Chisora is great when's he fighting he's right Derek's right he is he is if at the if listen if it's in Glasgow he has got no argument whatsoever at all it's in America no argument because it's in London, because it's at the O2, somewhere where he's been before, putting good performances on big cards, he is absolutely within his rights to come out with comments like that. And I think he he should be applauded for it. I've seen a lot of, you know, I've seen a lot, of, he got a bit of backlash off some fans and stuff like that and going, fucking hell, why do it like that? Why it's embarrassing? Nah, man, that's just who Derek, Derek is and I love him for it. Mm. From a boxing media perspective, that's absolutely fucking sensational. Yes, he had Eddie squirming away. Adam Smith was squirming away oh, as well. Oh, mate, they absolutely, listen, Eddie, I know you listen. You shat your pants, didn't you? <laughs> Adam that was, the funniest. was unbelievable. Yeah, Adam, Adam Smith, was even funnier. Adam Smith's ass <laughs> dropped out the back of his kicks. <laughs> is, he, is he being serious? He's being serious. <laughs> Derek were having none of it. The best bit about the whole thing was when Derek went, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> and I just went, here we go. And he just laid in to every single one of them. I'm going to go ballistic in a minute. <laughs> Fucking brilliant, isn't he? To be fair, if he was talking to me like that, and he d- listen, we've interviewed him. He does go. Yeah, man. Sometimes he goes, I've shat my pants with him because yeah. he just gives you a He's look. He's one of them you. characters, isn't he? Mate. He can just turn on a, on a flip of a coin. Like. We were talking, I can't remember what I was talking about ages ago with him. And he just... I can't remember what it was. We were doing some national light. We were on live radio, and he's ju- he just give me this look. 
because I was going down a route of questioning with him. And I thought, he's going to lay me out here. <laughs> and you do, you shit your pants because he's a big dude. So fucking right he is. So yeah. when I was watching that, I, was, I, was, I had to have a little bit of a chuckle because it's pe- happened to me before. The only person that seemed un- unfazed by it all was Cali Sauerland. He was just like, whatever. He just wasn't bothered. <laughs> one iota. Regis Progress had a little pop back though, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, fair like, play, a little Regis. Back. He's like, fuck this. Number one and number two. He goes, fuck you. Nobody gives a shit about number one and number two. I'm telling you. I know. <laughs> well, we do. We do give a shit about it, but Derek, yes. well, listen, we're on your side as well. I think you made a lot of valid points in that just a little bit of news before we move on to a couple of fights that were made last week uh jose ramirez uh we believe he's injured so therefore his uh victor postal defense has been delayed which will then obviously affect jack catterall yeah. because for those that don't know it was going to be wbc first because yes. obviously he's a wbc and wbo champion is jose ramirez wbc mandatory first victor postal then jack catterall so Jack that, was supposed to be on that undercard as well in America. Yeah, so it'll all get knocked back a bit. So Jack will have to wait a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, Canelo Kovalev is now nailed on. November 2nd, Las Vegas, light heavyweight. Um, which one are you going to? Are you going to that or are you going to New York for UFC 244? Fuck, it's one of them. You don't want to miss either, to be totally honest with you. I'd, do you know what? I'd rather go to New York just because the journey's not as much as a hiker's coming all the way out here. Plus, we could go to New York Watch Nate Diaz versus Masvidal and Darren Till on the undercard. And then hopefully they'll do the right thing and time it that we can get out and find a bar in time for Canelo versus Kovalev. Yeah. Hopefully, I know it's crossover UFC. Are you happy boxing, with it? Are you happy with Canelo Kovalev? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. If I'm, Listen, obviously, my my loyalties first and foremost are with my scouse brethren. So I'm gutted that Canelo hasn't tried to beat Callum Smith to become the undisputed super middleweight champion rather than picking up a you know, uh, the normal regular WBA belt. Um, but I guess, you know, history will look back and go, he was WBA super middleweight champion, then he moved up and he beat... Uh, listen, I think Canelo beats Kovalev, I've got to be honest. Mm. I think the, Conor, the Kovalev that fought Anthony Yard, um, even though there was flashes in there, his jab was absolutely sensational. I, I just don't... I can't see that guy beating Canelo. He's not sharp enough anymore. He's not... His, his whiskers aren't as strong anymore. Uh, I don't think he's tough enough. And I think Canelo seen that as well. And I think Team Canelo will bust them up. Mm-hmm. Um, Carl Frampton, Isaac Dogby. November 30th is when it's rumoured for Los Angeles, the destination. And it's going to be a catch weight, we're being told, at £128. I'll get more information on this this week because I haven't... Sp- Listen, we just landed. Like yeah. I said, we've just switched the microphones on and cracked on. I haven't spoke to Frank, who's out here, and we'll catch we'll you with him at some point. He's on Saturday, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. He beat Dogbo twice. Yeah. To be, you know, he's, I think, well, he's defending that belt, isn't he? Dogbo's the former w, WBO super belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think stepping up to, to featherweight... Listen, all the respect in the world to Isaac Dogbo for stepping up and taking on a, a name like Carl Frampton. And absolutely, I understand why he's doing it because it throws him straight back into a world title fight should he come through it. I just think Frampton's too big, man. I know Frampton's a former, you know, a former super bantamweight himself anyway, stepping up. But I just don't think Dogbo, Dog Bay was a very big super bantamweight in the first place. Navarrete would look massive when they fought. And I think Frampton will look massive this time as well. I just think, technically, listen, Isaac Dogbay's story is set. His legacy is assured. You know, his incredible backstory with his dad and everything else and coming through and winning the world title and, you know, links to links to royalty in Africa and all that stuff. It's beautiful, man. The story's been written. I just don't think he's got another chapter. I don't think he's got a, 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 
a, a chapter which then goes and then after that he beat former world mm. champion Carl Frampton just only he's got the capabilities it's a good name it's a great name for Frampton though isn't it former yeah, world champion of great name if he can get himself back in that mix because he's obviously desperate he's desperate for Absolutely that one desperate. last tilt at a big title Yeah. and with it, this being at a catch weight can you see it being a little bit further up the pecking order at 130 pounds I think so yeah I think obviously with, with Valdez moving up Leo Santa Cruz talking of moving up to super, you know, they're all going up to super featherweight. So we need top contenders for these vacant featherweight belts. I think ultimately, if Frampton can can beat Dog Bay, I think the WBO belt probably makes most sense. Valdez vacates it. Uh, I know Shakir Stevenson's in the mix for one of yeah, the belts as fine. well. Yeah, um, that would be a real, a real crossroads fight for both of them. Really, you know, Shakir Stevenson that would be a massive scalp for him. Uh, to face Carl Frampton, but it wouldn't surprise me if we see Frampton going in one direction, Shakur Stevenson goes in another direction, and obviously we've still got Josh Warrington as the IBF champion mm. as well. Uh, and you know what? Maybe back end of 2020, summer 2020, we're talking about a big stadium fight in the UK, a, a rematch between Warrington and Frampton for, with, with a couple of belts on the line. Mm. Um, I, would, I certainly wouldn't bet against it. Now, we haven't forgot about Devin Haney against uh, Abdullayev. My boy. Um... We'll get to that in a minute. I just want you to hear Nick's thoughts on KSI versus Logan Paul. I thought I'd set you up for it, you know what I mean? Because you've got strong views, haven't you? I have got strong views because I think people as well won't realise that um, me and KSI are boys. Nick was uh, boys. Nick was hanging out with KSI a couple of weeks ago, weren't we, you? We're boys now, yeah. We're proper tight, me and KSI. Don't do that. You're 40 odd years of age. Don't refer to yourself as a boy. We're proper tight. Boy. Um... And just spend time with him and all that. And listen, there's, there's an interview coming and we'll keep hold of it until n- near the date. But he's an absolute diamond of a lad, you know, and I, I really enjoyed spending time in his company. And then I come away from the fight and I was thinking, okay, so it's head- it's KSI v- Logan Paul 2, two Facebook guys, two Facebook celebrities. YouTube, like, mate. YouTube celebrities, sorry, who are going at it in a in a... Boxing match. Actually, this is a professional boxing match because they're getting licensed by California, unlike the exhibition that they had in the UK. It's got a main event live on the zone. It's going to potentially main event live on Sky Sports box office. You're going to have my boy Devin Haney, as you say, fights this weekend. He's, he's been teed up for the undercard. We're talking about Billy Joe Saunders being co-main event, defending his WBO super middleweight world title. From the outside looking in, I think most of our listeners probably think, here we go, Nick's going to go fucking to town. Now I'll what a sham it is. But actually, I'm the I'm the exact opposite. There you go. I am the exact opposite. There you go, everybody. Fu- I think it's a good thing for fight sports. I think it's a good thing for boxing because the type of fans these guys pull in uh, are not like your normal boxing fans. You know, when they fought at Manchester Arena, that whole thing was fucking wrapped up by quarter weight. All them teeny boppers had to be picked up by mum and dad. You know, they, they couldn't stay out past, past the nine o'clock curfew and they understand yeah. that. Now, obviously, that's not going to be the case in California, but the potential eyeballs coming to this fight, listen, the zone aren't doing it for any other reason. That It's not like, let's say it gets a mil, you know, two million views on the zone. Mate, it's going to get more than that. Let, think about it, right? These two kids. So how many people are now going to have to, how many of these kids who follow them, yep. who paid 20 quid for yep. on, on YouTube last time, are now going to have to sign up for the zone well, correct. just to watch this right. fight? That's so, why the zone doing it. Now, there's 40 million of them. So between these two lads on their YouTube channels, they've got 20 million apiece on each YouTube channel. Yeah. So if 1% of the con- combined YouTube audience 
right? Come back and watch boxing. That's four. That's four hundred thousand people. Good maths. It's going to be more than that, though. Yeah, yeah. It's going it's to be gonna more, be more than, than one percent. Absolutely. Ten percent, four million. It's going to be more than ten percent. I will. I will. I'd have a guess that the half of that audience is going to find a way to watch that fight. Yeah. Now I know a lot of them stream it on Flickr and whatever else, but that's why they've signed up with the Zone, I think, because the Zone is a bit more. You know, that's their bread and butter. They're locked down on the subscription-based mm. service, so uh, it's a lot. I'm, I'm led to believe it's a lot more difficult to stream. But the beautiful thing of it is, is that if 1% of their audience do come back after this, so that's they watch this event, so let, they've seen Billy Joe Saunders fight, and, they go, and Billy Joe Saunders puts on a great performance. Yeah. They go, oh, I like him. And they come back and watch another one of Billy Joe Saunders' exactly. fights, and maybe he's on the card with somebody else. Exactly. Then that is how you get 40 into 40 million boxing. followers, let's say 10% by the fight. So that's 4 million viewers we've got now. And on, but only 1% go, I enjo- of them to... I enjoyed that. I'm going to watch boxing again. As yeah. you say, that's 400,000 new viewers. It's 400,000 new fans. Or kid, no, the other knock on as well. Kids watching it, 12, 13 year old kids watching it again and going, wow, well, last time was an exhibition, but they're well better now because the professionals. But actually, the guy that was on before, that De- Billy Jones. How good's that Devin Haney? That Devin Haney guy. My God, they're like video game guys. Yeah. I want to box. I want to go to my local boxing club. I want to be like him. I want to. I want to look after myself. I want to look after nutrition. I don't want to just sit in my bedroom playing video games and masturbating all day. I want to go to the boxing gym. I want to go and train. I want to engage with fighting. I want to get engaged with boxing. I just. I just don't see what the negatives are. I think anyone that has got has got anything negative to say about this thing is a fucking dinosaur. I've got to be honest. Yeah. You're a fucking dinosaur. Wake up and smell. It's 2019. We live in a social media generation, and for any fighter. And I get it. There's going to be fighters out there going, fucking hell. Well, I've been, I'm an I'm Olympian. And, and get I'm a YouTube a, channel then. champion. I, I, I've never boxed at the Staples Centre. I've never main evented. I've never Tough been shit. live on DAZN. Tough shit. Mate, go and fucking set up a Facebook, Facebook or an Instagram account. There's a, lot of skillful, there's a lot of skillful fighters out there that just don't monetize. That's just the way it is. Yep. Skill set doesn't necessarily equate to the amount of money that you should be getting paid. Exactly. You, you, there's people listening to this right now that are better at their job than their boss but your boss is getting paid more than you. Yep. Why is that? I don't know. Maybe he sucked a little bit of dick. I don't know what the crack is as to why that is. That's just the way the world works. There are kids out there that are a little bit more sharper than the majority of us. They are smashing the living daylights out of YouTube, earning millions, multi-millions. Mm-hmm. And if they have seen an opportunity to come into the world of boxing to make a few quid, then fair play to them. But, like you've just said, the world seems to believe that everything should be a certain way. Especially in boxing. Yeah. Well, that's not right. It needs to be this way. Why? Because it's always been that way. But the world out there, mate, is moving at such a fast pace. We need to stay in there. If we don't stay in there, then we're knackered. We have to move with that pace. Yep. And where people's attention is. People's attentions are in the phones, watching YouTube, messing about on Instagram. That's where it's at. Why, why do you think... Why do you think little bits of things that we're doing on Fight Disciples are all geared for viral pieces of content, one-minute clips, 30-second clips, crazy little bits, like sitting in the back of a fucking taxi with Vasyl Lomachenko and getting him to speak Northern English. Why do you do that? Because you know that that captures imaginations, it gets eyeballs, and it brings you back to the actual real shit that you want people to see. That's the world that we're living in, and that's the game that we're playing. You can't hate the players. You've got to hate the game. That's what you've got to hate. You've just got to fucking learn the rules and get involved. Get involved. Get on board with it. Stop being a dinosaur. Listen, you don't have to enjoy the fight, but you've got to accept it for what it is because this is the world that we're living in right at this moment in time. And I bet your bottom dollar, right? Once this happens, there'll be fucking others, actors, yeah. pop stars, reality stars. They'll all be thinking, oh, hang on a minute. Well, I've got 
two million people on my Instagram. How much can I turn that into a few quid? You probably could, pal. Yeah, you could. Get on board and start making it. And like you've just said two minutes ago, all these talented young boxers coming through now, yes, of course, concentrate on your craft. Of course, do that. But you've also got to start thinking outside the box of how you get into people's minds, how you get people to care about you. And what you do is set up a YouTube channel, be active on Instagram, smash Twitter. Why do you think Dave Allen's selling pay-per-views, man? Because he's smashing the living daylights out of Twitter. That's the only reason for it. Absolutely. That's the only reason. Yep. He does every interview he can possibly do, and he smashes Twitter. And you know what he does on Twitter? He does Dave Allen, because that's all he can do. That's all you've got to do. We fell in love with that because he gave it us. He gave us him. And we're like going, yeah, Dave, I'm with you, boy. Yeah, man. Go on, son. Because you can relate to him. Now, not everyone's Dave Allen, but then not everyone plays video games or not everyone. You've just got to do what you do. Put yourself out there. You know, if you play video, listen, a lot of these young boxers coming through now anyway, even in the England internationals, all they do is fucking box. But you know, in their downtime, most of them are like fucking Barry Norman. They're all film critics, movie box critics. They're all fucking Give video us that. games assassins. They're all in, they've all got a passion that burns outside of boxing. And that's what you've got to give to the world. No matter how geeky you may think it is. Fuck it, I don't want to tell everyone I'm, I'm addicted to playing Minecraft six hours a day. Start a Minecraft channel because I'm telling you now, every other cunt on this planet that likes playing Minecraft, <laughs> even though they're all about 12, will engage with you and then go, oh my God, this guy's the champion boxer. Do you know what I'm fascinated in this week, actually? We know that Tommy's out here. Tommy Fury's out here. Yeah. He's in He's in Las Vegas. Now, is he the most talented boxer in the world? Well, what I've seen so far, no. Right? But he's only had two pro fights. But I'd tell you something. Him going on that reality show. Boom. Absolutely smashing it. Now he's Instagram followers. I said it at the time. Everybody slagged it off. What's he doing in there? He should be concentrating on his career. He should be. He was Last concentrating on his career. Exactly. That's what he was doing. Your his, bell ends. His career just jumped forward. He's just avoided about 10 fights or 20 fights or even the type of fights he, he, he potentially would never have got to the followers he's got. In, but in fact, do you know what? I will it, say this now. He would never have done He would that. never have got the amount of followers by purely boxing in Tyson's shadow 100%. that he got from Love Island. Exactly. But now, I, now, Tommy Fury could headline the Manchester Arena without Tyson against A and other. How mad and is it that? Would fucking sell. How mad is that? Because of Love Island. 100%. So he's put, what, 2 million people on his Instagram or whatever he's done on his Instagram. And like you've just said, he'll have his, whatever, wherever he fights, and he will fight. Yeah, yeah. Whoever he fights, it will do mad numbers. It's the same with the kid that went into Bellator. Yeah. Our boy, uh, Aaron, Jersey Shore. Kid. Jersey Shore, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Chalmers. Mm-hmm. He's gone in there. Don't get me wrong, he's committed to his craft now. He's, he's, le- he's Listen, learning mixed martial arts. Fundamentally, at the bottom of it all, like Alan Chalmers is competing against actual mixed martial artists. You know, it's different KSI and Logan Paul. Yeah. both in the same boat. But what I'm saying is that but they're I'm, using leverage. They're using new eye leverage in order to propel them in the, yeah. in the thing that they love. Tommy loves boxing. He's gone on Love Island. Now he's going to use that new Love Island crowd because it's a numbers game. It's a business. What don't, what don't people get? Yeah. I don't understand it. Me too. When we talk business on our social media feed, people go wild at us. Boy, that's not, you're fucking selling out. You lads working for X, Y, and Z. Of course you're going to say that. No, that's the game. I'd say that if I were at home knocking one out. Yeah. That is the game that this is. What don't you understand about that? Show business, man. There's a fight. Stadium fight. What Old is? Trafford. If KSI beats Logan Paul, KSI against Tommy Fury at Old Trafford. Imagine how much that would sell. It, would it do Old Trafford? It'd do the arena. It'd fucking do Old Trafford. Old Trafford? KSI versus 
Tommy Fury. If KSI beats Logan Paul, he should come back and cut, fight Tommy Fury in Manchester and that shit would do Old Trafford. They, they fucking did Manchester Arena against Logan Paul. Logan Paul doesn't sell in it. Well, I don't know. Maybe he does sell in the UK, but Tommy Fury with his crowd, the TV fucking Love Island crowd, and then you've got KSI with They're all his kids They're not doing an arena. The, the, stadium. So you reckon they'll do a stadium? Shit. It's a good shout that though, mate. Yeah, man. Mm. Make it happen. Well, we'll put it to him. When I'll we put see that him to Tommy. We'll, we'll, we'll put it to him whilst we're in Vegas this weekend. <laughs> eh? Let's see if we can cause a little yeah. bit of uh, havoc. Uh, listen, once again, thank you very much uh, for bearing with us this week. We have been in transit. Uh, but we w- we have made uh, Las Vegas. Actually, quite looking forward to getting all our work done nice and early on Friday and getting in the bar to watch Devin Haney do his thing against Abdullayev. Because oh, that's Friday, isn't it? Of course it is. That's what I mean. Yeah, so back man, home in the boy. UK, this is going to be the early hours of Saturday morning for you. We'll Obviously, being in Vegas, we'll get this at a weird time from New York because it's happening in New York. Devin Haney doing his thing against Abdullayev. Uh, it's a fight that we were... This is to become Lomachenko's uh, mandatory, by the way. <laughs> Do you remember when they were lining this up? Poison chalice. Yes. Listen, both guys are legit. Are the number one, and I think Devin was number three or number four with the WBC. Anyway, this is now the uh, mandatory eliminator. So the, the winner of this is going to get the WBC uh, title shot at some point. And hopefully, hopefully... Um, by the time it comes round, Lomachenko would have mopped up and maybe cleared off back down to uh, 100, into <laughs> yeah. a lesser weight, weight category in order to uh, make that path a little bit clearer for some others to win some world titles. If, you, if you've not seen my one-to-watch prospect of the year, call him what you want for 2019 yet, Mr. Devin Haney, tune into it. It must be on Sky Sports back at home because it it's a matchroom it's show. It's a DAZN show, yeah. Yeah, Friday night, early hours, Saturday morning. Devin Haney is absolutely the real deal. Uh, probably the most exciting lightweight prospect in the world. You're a dickhead, aren't you? Do you know what? Do you know something? I hope my boy's in town. If Tia Fimo's Tia in Fimo. town, I'm going to tell him. Tell I'm going to tell him that you're all. You're, no, no, because you'll suck his dick when he tell turns him. up. That's what you do. Tell you him. Go, oh, Tia, how are you, mate? Yeah, come do tell an him. interview with me, lad. Come on, the old fight disciples. And he goes, Is this the guy, Adam? Is this the guy that's sucking Devin Ernie off? And I'll go, tell Yeah, him. it is. Go on, sort him out, Tia. Tell him. You wait and see my boy, the number he does on Abdullah. Who, by the way, is tough as fuck and is undefeated himself. Yeah, he is. Uh, and it's a great fight at WBC interim. Belt. Listen, given off the last performances, I'm expecting something special from Devon on Friday night. I'm sure. I'm sure this is the same microphone I had in London because it stinks of stale Stella. <laughs> you're getting wafts of like pub you're getting floor. You get a flat. You get a flashback. I haven't even had a beer today, but what? Oh, I'm a smelling here, but it is. It's this microphone. It stinks. Uh, Michael Hunter's on that undercard as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the heavyweight who, uh, who I thought he's should fight. have got the shot against AJ instead of Ruiz. He's a good fighter. And Hunter wanted the shot he's instead fighting of Ruiz Kuzmin. as well. It's a good fight. Mm. Kuzman's a decent fight as well. Kuzman's undefeated. Hunter's only lost once against Usyk down a cruiserweight. Yep. Mate, it's a fucking good heavyweight little matchup there. Ed Hardy's on there as well against Serrano. It's a nice little uh, not that. Check fight, yeah. There you go. Um, also, we mustn't forget that Sonny Edwards is in action uh, against Guarneros. That's at, uh, I think it's at your call, if I'm not mistaken. I guess that's on BT as a little taster before yeah. the pay-per-view, is it? Back Correct, on? my man. Uh, and then obviously over here in the United States, we've got Fury versus Wallen Navarrete uh, in action. Pedraza against Zapida. That'll be a great fight, by the way. Uh, Pedraza against Zapida. Um, and then 
I can't remember the destination for this, but I know that Jaime Munguia is uh, defending his title against Alotti, Garcia and Sparrow are obviously fighting on that card as well. I think, is it Carson? It's in Carson, California. It's in Carson? Yeah, yeah I thought yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. So it's action-packed this weekend. There's lots to get stuck into. Jaime Munguia. Oh, uh, Ryan Garcia, sorry, did you just say Ryan Garcia's on the undercard? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good, that kid. Another top lightweight. Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney, Tiafimo Lopez. Fuck me. Three electric lightweight sensations then. Obviously, Devin won. Two, you dickhead. Garcia three. Don't forget uh, Gypsy El Rey as well, with it being Mexican uh, Gypsy El Rey. Uh, independent weekend. Listen, thank you very much for listening to us. Um, again, I apologise that this podcast was late to you this week. Everything will be back to normal next week. We'll have a big fallout from the Tyson Fury weekend uh, here in Las Vegas. A couple of interviews coming your way as well. Uh, so do get yourself stuck in uh, to everything that we're sticking up on our feed. Um, Adam's going to try and video me fronting Jarrell Miller if we see him this week. That'll be hilarious, Let's won't it? Fronted. Mm. Uh, at Fight Disciples on Facebook and Twitter, at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. Please follow us there. You can also get stuck in uh, to Fight Disciples on iTunes and uh, it's fightdisciples.com, all, all, which is our website where you can get all Spotify and all that type of stuff. How's the store going? Good. We've not got many pairs of socks left, so I, I, I put this out on the interviews that I blasted out before we came out. Um, if you want a pair of Mohawker socks, um, I wasn't intended on ordering any more, but the fucking entire box is pretty much gone. I think there's about half a dozen pairs left. So if anybody wants a pair before they sell out, limited edition Mohawker socks, you better get it. You've got a pair on right now, actually. I have. I've uh, travelled in them. you travelled in them? You, we better, you better order them quick because they're fucking, they're, they're almost gone. There you go. Fightdisciplestore.com there you go thank you very much for listening to us we'll catch you next time thank you for listening if you like what you heard subscribe via iTunes ah mmm the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.